The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. We have a special guest today with us. His name is Michael Seitzma. And Michael is the president for West Michigan for Key Bank. Michael, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. It's a beautiful summer day, and we are going to talk about some fantastic things that I learned about Michael over a cup of coffee, gosh, a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, that, that I don't think that was the purpose of our coffee initially, but that's kind of where it ended up going, wasn't it? Well, it went to a great place. I don't know what the purpose was either, but it went to a really great place. And I learned some fantastic things about Michael that I wanted to share with all of you today and have him tell his story. So, you know, I mentioned that Michael works for KeyBank, right? So he is banker by day, but make no mistake, he's kind of like a superhero by night. And he's a humble guy. So honestly, he wouldn't tell you that. But after hearing his story, that's what I'm going to tell you, because that's kind of what I think of him. So Michael, I don't want to take anything off of your really cool story that you want to share with listeners. But tell them the story that you shared with me about a really wonderful work that you've been involved in. Well, thank you. Uh, and no, that that uh, certainly not superhero, but I, I have been placed in a position where I had the privilege of being able to get engaged in an organization in an effort that has been uh, impactful for for me and, uh, and frankly, my family and a close friend. Um, the, the simple part is we have created um, an organization called Christoph's Children. And the purpose of that is to care for uh, right now, 27 orphans in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And these are children who truly were living on the streets uh, by themselves with no support. And um, we've been able to engage and care for these 27 kids. Um, we're actually expanding uh, to 56 kids, but that's kind of the, the nutshell of what we're doing. How we got there is very circuitous and certainly not really planned. It just, it evolved. And uh, I'm happy to share that if you would like to hear a little no, bit. No, I love that because, there. you know, I think, honestly, Michael, I think that's really part of the cool part of the story. What you shared with me is you met a gentleman through your church. Yeah. Through a variety yeah. of circumstances who told you some things that touched your heart. Tell, yeah. Tell yeah. So, gosh, it's probably been about six years. And I met Christoph at our church. Um, he was a refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo. I call it DRC for short. Um, and it's almost like a lottery when you're accepted as, as a refugee to get to the United States. And so almost coming to the United States was lottery-like. And then it ended up being West Michigan. And it ended up being Grand Rapids. And he ended up uh, coming to our church. And so I met him. And over a couple of years, we just casually at church got to know each other a bit. And over time, um, we got closer. He became kind of part of our family. And um, his story 
is is very compelling. It's it's uh, very different than most. His mom and dad were killed in front of him when he was a child in in the DRC. He grew up with a brother and sister, and uh, about 15 years ago, they were killed, and um, he fled his village, and um, and sought refugee status, and ended up in the United States. Oh, well, God bless it, him. I mean, it really, truly tragedy that most of us cannot even wrap our heads around. But yeah, he's a, he is a true overcomer. That's he, he is, wow. and and the neat thing is, is as we got to know each other, he started talking to me about how can I give back to my village, how can I help my village. And we, we came up with some ideas, but nothing ever really concrete. How do you execute on it? How do you deliver service? How do you care for them? What is the best way? And, and how can we manage it? Well, about uh, it was February of last year, so 2021, he had adopted his, his sister who was killed. He adopted her sons. And his brother who was killed, he adopted his daughter. And they have not been able to come to the United States yet. He's still trying. Uh, it's been years, but they live in Uganda and they're actually cared for by his sister-in-law. And um, Kenny fell playing with friends and he uh, hit his head and he was unconscious and needed uh, medical attention. So through some help, Christoph was able to go there. And while he was there, his, his son uh, improved, but needed an MRI. They didn't have those facilities uh, where he was in Uganda, which put him back in uh, Democratic Republic of Congo for the first time since he had fled. And while he was there, a friend of his hosted him, let him stay with him and said, hey, if you would like to go back to Kalehe, the village from which he was uh, originally uh, coming, go ahead and I'll take care of Kenny until we get the results. So he went back to his village for the first time and he found over 100 children living on the street, truly orphaned. And these are two-year-olds, four-year-olds, eight-year-olds, 13-year-olds, and uh, if you've ever had a chance to meet Christoph, you'll know that this man's heart is huge. And so he put together a plan. He said, I'm going to take care of this. I've got to figure something out. So he went around, he found a building that was used for food storage and talked to, found the owner and said, may we use this for these children? And he got a, a yes. He's actually pretty persuasive. So he got a yes. <laughs> and uh, and they and they went into the building and he uh, went around the village and collected blankets, pads, pillows, anything that resembled bedding or could be used as bedding. And they figured out, or he figured out, I think we can get 27 kids in here. So he took some of the, the little money that he had available, but he went and bought beans, rice, and juice, invited the orphans, and with some help from others in the village, brought them in for a meal and interviewed them. And unfortunately, he couldn't take all of them, but he chose 27 and said, I will care for you. So, I mean, really without a plan, he made a commitment. And he flew really home wonderful. and we were actually <laughs> we were having a going away party for our daughter. Uh, she was leaving for South Korea to be a teacher there. And he walked in. I said, I thought you were in DRC. He said, well, I was. I just came home this morning. I said, well, how was it? He said, it was good. I adopted 27 children. <laughs> and I, I kind of, I couldn't tell if he was joking or serious or what. And uh, I looked at him and I said, you're serious. He said, I need help. Um, and that's kind of how it started. Um, a necessity, a commitment. He has that type of heart and he was moved. And thankfully, I was kind of thrown in the pathway and was able to uh, then work with him, my wife and my 19 year old daughter at the time. And we formed a 501c3. We built a plan, um, set up a website and started soliciting to get sponsors for these children. 
And um, it, it was an interesting process, but it's what do they need? What do we have to provide? And these children literally have nothing and they don't even have hope. And so once they had a place to be in, we, we uh, through Kristoff, we, we have a woman that is kind of a house mom and uh, she makes food and just helps the children. And they now have healthcare, they have education, uh, they have uniforms for school, backpacks, shoes, recreational clothes, um, and most importantly, they have a family. Uh, those, those 27 kids are now family with uh, Deborah, the house mom. And if you could see a picture of these children when they were first met by Kristoff, and if you could see a picture of them today, they just look happier. There's more joy. There's more hope. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, we're that's, that's been the a website. quick journey. Yeah, we're going to share the website at the end, too, so everyone can get it out there and take a look at it where you can see those pictures and so much more, even a really great video. You can see so much more of where they're at today from where they came. But, you know, the way you describe this, Michael, makes it sound like it's so easy. You know, you just pulled it all (laughs) together and it made it happen. But we know there were uh, there had to be obstacles and challenges you faced along the way. I mean, for one thing you know, what did friends and family and colleagues, business colleagues of yours say when you kind of tapped them on the shoulder and said, hey, I got something I can use your help with. Can you open your wallet? Can you give me some time? Can you share some resources? I mean, that had to be challenging at times. Uh, yeah, Probably challenging, yes. And at the same time, um, for those of us in West Michigan, I think we understand the philanthropic heart of our communities. And you know, it, it's really more probably a story about that mm-hmm. and the response of our community slash communities is anything else. So our first of all, our church where Kristoff uh, and I have, have attended Trinity Lutheran Church, they they wrapped around. They've got to know Kristoff as well. And suddenly you're you're provided a story where somebody you care about has taken a big step. Uh, you support them. And, uh, I, you know, the other part, I don't know how to create a 501c3. I know what it is. And from right. a banker's perspective, sure. But right. how do you do it the right way, especially for one that's in another country? Exactly. And that was the other thing I was going to say. I mean, you know, you're trying to set up all the infrastructure here and then operate all of the operations, right, in Central Africa. Holy cow, that's a lot. Yeah. And and thankfully, you know, the West Michigan, I think the way we do business, it's relationship heavy. Uh, relationships matter. And I think we, generally speaking, we've, we've got a heart for those in need. And so I, I called up a friend of mine, Pat Miles, who he and I had talked before about some some issues in Africa. And he's an attorney, uh, former U.S. attorney. And I just said, I need help. And he was kind enough to check with his firm and Barnes and Thornburg helped us. And we did it the right way uh, through his assistance. And uh, thankfully, <laughs> what do you do from an accounting standpoint? And uh, <laughs> Uh, so we we got assistance. Uh, a friend of mine had been asking because he had traveled to Africa and Plant Moran uh, has provided just some guidance along the way. Not, you know, we don't have an official accountant, but uh, just provided guidance. And so we have people that are just giving us some parameters. And um, it, it's really been an interesting collaboration. But the, the challenges are just the unknown steps. And right. nobody likes to fail and nobody likes to do the wrong thing. So how do you know you're not doing the wrong thing? Um, you right. just do your best and try to find resources to support 
And uh, thankfully, it, it's knock on wood. It's, it's yeah, been no, it's come together great for you. Yeah, well, but you've been in a position really to leverage your contacts and, and resources that you've had through your role there at the bank. I mean, you get an opportunity to meet so many people with talent that obviously extends with connections around the globe. So you've been able to leverage that, which you know can it can be a tricky thing to do, right? From a business standpoint yeah. to more of a personal standpoint, can you help support my mission? But you were on you you believe in what you're doing so much, you just blow right past that. It doesn't matter, right? I, I got to do what's you right. You, you yeah. hope, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I think is really interesting, Michael, is that you know all of us are faced with opportunities every day to to meet challenges to help others you know as business leaders you you find these things as you're out in the community um and it's i think tempting and real easy many times to just write a check right or say oh yeah i'll i'll, uh, I'll serve on a board or let me give you some money or i'll attend your fundraiser or what have you i'll i'll do a little something for you but you went all in, so to speak. I mean, you didn't just sit back in the sidelines as a cheerleader. You got in the game. So why did you take your involvement to that level? What was it that drove you to go to that level and say, I'm going to marshal my resources and I'm going to make a big commitment on this? A great question. And I don't have a good answer other than I, I like the adage that necessity is a great motivator. Um, there, there's some support financially, but that's not going to cut it. And so it was really just the reality that we've got, um, <laughs> whether it's planned or not, there are 27 children, uh, uh, <laughs> a different part of the country that need a solution and, um, that wouldn't be a sustainable solution. And, um, so it was actually, you know, the neat thing was, um, because you're, you're, faced with this and you make a decision, we're absolutely going to figure it out. So there's commitment there. There's heart there. It's a good thing. But it also provided a neat opportunity. Our, our daughter happened to be home from college. So a college student um, happened to be home, um, r- r- frankly, to, to say goodbye to um, our, uh, our daughter who was le- our other daughter who was leaving. Do you want to get involved? And she had been doing some computer work. She's been involved in some business uh, through through jobs in the summer. Mm-hmm. And do you want to jump into this? And she said, yeah. So it was kind of an opportunity also for educational standpoint to bring yeah. her in on something that I, I'm learning the same time she's learning. And my wife, the same thing. So it was a neat opportunity for the three of us to do something together, learn together oh, while we're walking alongside a close fan, uh, friend that we, we kind of consider family. And so that was an interesting dynamic as we we went through it and they both remain very involved um with Christoph's children and it's very personal oh that that is really cool so it's it's become a really unique personal experience for you and your family too to get yeah. involved in this as you yeah. share in the, in the joy of this work together that's cool so i i we, you know we probably just didn't have a choice it it um mm-hmm. you know we talked about trying to find something to do in the past we never quite got there and so again i use that necessity is a great motivator. We just had to do it. So there really wasn't an option. Yeah. And uh, it's been a fun ride. It's been a little stressful at times when you're trying to do the right thing. We have a fiduciary responsibility. All the people who entrust us with, with running through this and getting those services and caring for those kids. Um, again, the other part of the West Michigan way is, you know, we have a responsibility to those people who are supporting. So uh, making sure we're doing the best that we can and delivering the right way. Right, right. And so give us an update. You just came back from a trip. I did. Correct? I did. Yeah. So give us an up-to-the-minute update on where Christoph's Children uh, is at today. I went out to the website 
Um, it looks like things are really moving there. I'm excited to hear the latest. Well, I'll, I'll go back to the, the wonderful support of community. And while we were out trying to find support through friends in our church and family members, um, there are a number of people that just stepped up. Um, something about the story, maybe something about uh, knowing Kristoff, just it, it, it rang in their, um, their head and said, you know what, I'm going to do more. And so we ended up uh, getting, getting more money than, frankly, we were asking for at the time. Oh, and it, it launched us because we ended up getting kicked, the kids ended up getting kicked out of the food storage building. Because lo and behold, when it's harvest season, they need their food storage back. So of course they do. They, uh, oh, no. That was a wrinkle. And so we quickly had to find a, a pivot point. And so we are, we've been renting a, a facility for them. But we started looking at, all right, this isn't necessarily the sustainable solution. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, because Christoph's family is no, I mean, there's, there's nobody there anymore, but they had some land that was their family's. But okay. since nobody lives there, um, it's not being used. So Christoph effectively donated his family's land and we came up with a plan to to build a permanent home for the children and so that started with the generosity of some very kind people and then we've just promoted that and then community um a friend of mine who we've talked about some uh, some projects in the past but uh, i called up a friend at progressive architects engineers jim horman I said, I have no idea how to do this, but I need to get some kind of a plan. And so he just helped do a rough plan of what would something look like if we were trying to build it for 56 children. And um, we used that and pulled in um, a firm out of Bukavu DRC. They put plans together and uh, we, we started building and we're actually should be moving the children in uh, this week. Oh my gosh. Um, and we're gonna wow. take our, our 27 children and they'll have a permanent home and we're going to uh, add 29 more children. And so we'll have 56 children, 28 girls, 28 boys, and they will have a, uh, they'll have a bunk bed to sleep in and they'll actually have running water. So they're going to be able to have uh, sinks and showers and, um, and we're going to actually, there's a little bit of a solar strip on it. So there's going to be some power available, which is not readily available always. Um, and they'll have a place that they can, uh, you know, safely be together and, and have a place to sit and study and, and, uh, and eat. So that's, that's huge. Um, and along with that, you know, how, how do you manage that and what's next? And um, we're just taking it a step at a time. So I had the privilege of being able to head out with Christoph. Unfortunately, I, um, I was not accepted at the border. Um, so I, I made it across the bridge and across the border. Um, he, he was allowed to stay. I was not. So I, I spent a few days in Rwanda while he had an opportunity to go to the village and see the kids. Oh. Um, I was able to meet him uh, via video um, with Christoph and uh, it was touching. And he had, they have a king. So it's different than what we're used to. I mean, they have King of Kalehe and he truly, that's, that's his role. Um, and he was there with his, uh, his team of uh, maybe his entourage of, of people that travel with him. And they basically had a community welcoming for the new building and oh. community members and other children who are orphans. Um, and it was, it was neat just to see everybody coming together. And it's one of the neat things, I guess, is these children were 
really abandoned. And that just, unfortunately, mm-hmm. culturally, they, they don't have the wherewithal necessarily to, to, to take care of them. To care of them. Yeah. Now to that care the for them and bring them in. Yeah. Now that the community is seeing this, it's changing a little bit of how they look at it. So the school oh, okay. has engaged in ways and the community is engaged in ways. And, you know, somebody found an old chalkboard and now they have a chalkboard that can help the children as they teach each other and learn outside of school. And another group donated some plastic chairs. So they had a, a place to sit uh, while they're studying. So really simple things that we might think is just normal. It's, it's different. And they're starting to see, you know what, this is something that we can do also. And they're participating a bit, which is a nice uh, progression. Oh, that's fantastic. Such a good story. I'm so (laughs) thrilled to see where you're at and what, just like 18 months. Is that about how long you've been? Yeah, actually, it's yeah, it's actually not it's 17 months since uh, Christoph returned. Um, Seriously, the progress you made in that short amount of time is just incredible. There are really, I mean, in my mind, there are really two takeaways from the story, your story, Michael. And, and one is that really as business leaders, we're presented with opportunities all the time to do good. Sponsorships, write a check, serve on a board, you know, help at a fundraiser, attend a fund, whatever it is. But um, you, you really lift up a great example of what it means to be presented with something and go all in, right? To not just be the spectator on the sidelines and the cheerleader, but to really get in the game. So I really applaud you for that. Um, It's great work. You may not think that you're a superhero by night, but I think you're a superhero by night. I bet our listeners do too. And I, you know, I would just want to challenge people to say, if you are faced with, you know, similar opportunities, maybe it's not 27 orphan children in, the Congo, but there might be something in your own backyard that your challenge you're faced with. Are you ready to really step up and get in the game and make a difference in a way like this? I just put that challenge out there for you and, and ask yourself, you know, am I, am I holding back or should I be given more? I just want to throw that out. If, if I may, uh, thank you for that. But again, I'll, I'll deflect that. Um, if you ever have an opportunity to meet Christoph, um, he has just got an incredible heart and I'd probably if there's maybe a takeaway, it's that you, we almost didn't have a choice because when you see his commitment, when you see his heart, when you understand what he wants to do, when he's absolutely committed, and you also see that he also needs resources and help to do it, but he's taken a bold first step, a big step. Yeah, yeah. Um, that commitment, that heart, that that passion yeah. is a wonderful driver. And it, it's it, contagious. it almost forces yeah. people to follow because that commitment's there. And we just, frankly, you, you don't really have a choice. You just, you get it. And that's probably maybe the takeaway is if you see something that you're passionate about that needs to change, that you need to figure out a way to make it better, lead boldly, uh, follow that passion. And I think you'll be surprised how many people will, will jump on board. Um, because that's, so I mean, that's all we, we really did is we just saw this and we followed a man that has an incredible heart and had, had a vision and we get to kind of go along for the ride and maybe refine some of that and find ways to get there. But uh, he made the decision and yeah. that's, that's the big piece. Yeah, it, it is. It's a great story. And we would be remiss if we didn't say the success of this work that you've seen in under just under two years. I mean, it's really nothing short of incredible. You have done, you and Christoph have done tremendous work for which we applaud you, but 
you know, for listeners, again, you may be thinking, this is the coolest thing I've heard in a long time. I want to be a part of that. We don't want to shut off your ability to get blessed by being a part of this work, too. So, Michael, if our listeners are saying, how can I get all in to help you? There's something that I want to do to help support this work. How can we get them in touch with you? Christoph's Children, we have a website, so I'll start there. Uh, Christoph'sChildren.org, C-H-R-I. It's basically Christopher's Children without the R, Christoph'sChildren.org. And if you're listening to this, we're going to put this also in our blog that goes along with the podcast, or you can send me an email, jobs at welshandassociates.net. We'll make sure you get the link if you can't seem to find it easily, but it will also be in our written blog of the podcast. So we put that out there too. Yep. And um, from from a, a contacting us also, info at christophschildren.org uh, is our email, and um, that's available. But it's uh, we we would welcome. Uh, there's there's a lot of ways to engage, but honestly, a lot of these kids, um, my my faith tradition uh, appreciates prayer, and um, if you're so willing, pray for the children. Um, yeah. Some of these kids, um, their their stories are things that I, I guess I'd never even contemplated. Uh, maybe I did, but it's stuff that you read in books, things you might see in a movie, but it's not stuff that's that real. Um, there are opportunities for sponsorships. We're going to be pulling in 29 more children. And so we're going to need to find 29 more sponsors. And for, I think we're still able to do it at $65 a month um, to be able to support a child for healthcare, education, food, shelter, family um, as another. And frankly, we're still, um, trying to get funds for the completion of the building. We're, we're ahead, um, but we're, we kind of need some support on it. Um, yeah. and, 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 and that's it, but, uh, go take a look and it might be something that catches your heart. We had, we had some people that raised money. So when we went over there, we bought soccer balls because they wanted to provide some soccer balls for the children. So when we went there, we were able to purchase some soccer balls in DRC and then bring them to the village. And we gave some to Christoph's children. We gave some to the school because the school yeah. needs help too. And we're trying to make the community better. Um, right. But yeah, so yeah no gift too it. small, no gift too unusual, whatever you want to do to help. Yeah. I'm sure you'll find a way to, uh, to put it yeah. to good use to help these children. And, and you already have in so many ways. So Michael, thank you for sharing your story. So inspirational. Again, want to encourage you as listeners Get involved, make a difference. Um, Michael's been a great example of what you can do when uh, you just put a little bit of effort behind a great deal of uh, passion when it's presented to you. So again, Michael Seitzma, he is uh, president of uh, West Michigan Area Key Bank. And we thank you for sharing your story today about Christoph's children. So heartwarming. Check out the website, friends. It's um, it's great. It'll, it'll bring a tear to your eye. Don't miss the video. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for listening to The Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.